Right. All right. So, um, yeah, we were we're having the end of our series on uh, the throne about kings and prophets and the manifest presence of God. The designer of our series is none other than Lisa, who uh, put together the devotional book, all the themes that we've gone through together, as well as organizing the growth groups. And um, so she had to do this special thing this week. She's, she's been really working uh, uh, increasing her anointing and speaking. It's funny, as a pastor's wife, sometimes you have to speak, but it hasn't been her necessarily her goal to speak, but God has been giving her more and more opportunities to go and do retreats and lead seminars and workshops, and she did this amazing message this week on Goliath and David, and I said, would you share that with us this morning? So Lisa's going to finish our series. She began it. She's going to finish it with her message today on David and Goliath, so come, Lisa. Good morning, everyone. All right, so I'm going to start off and read you the story of David and Goliath. So it'll be up on the screen and just follow along. Saul and the men of Israel were gathered and encamped in the Valley of Elah. Is it behind me? Okay. All right, well, you all can, read, you all can listen to the story then. Saul and the men of Israel were gathered and camped in the Valley of Elah. They drew up in the line of battle against the Philistines, and the Philistines stood on the mountain on one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with a valley between them. And there came out of the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a helmet of bronze on his head. He was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of his coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. He had a bronze armor on his legs, a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders, and the shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. And his shield-bearer went before him. He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourself and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him... And kill him, then you will be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. For 40 days the Philistine came forward and took his stand morning and evening. Now Saul and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah, fighting the Philistines. And David rose early in the morning left the sheep of the keeper, and took the provisions and went as Jesse had commanded him. He came to the encampment as the host was going out to the battle line, shouting the war cry. And Israel and the Philistines drew up for battle, army against army. And David left the things in charge of the keeper of the baggage and ran to the ranks and went and greeted his brothers. He came out with them, and behold, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before. And David heard him. All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who's come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And the king will enrich the man who kills him and great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free for Israel. 
David said to the man who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? The people answered him in the same way, So shall it be done to the man who kills him. When the words that David spoke with her were heard, they repeated them before Saul, and he sent for him. David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine. You can't fight him. You're but a youth. And he's been a man of war since his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father, and when there came a lion or a bear... And he took a lamb from the flock. I went after him, struck him, delivered him out of his mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lion and bears. This uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said, go and the Lord be with you. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put on a helmet of bronze on his head, clothed him with coat of mail, and David strapped his sword over his armor. He tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I can't go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones for the brook, put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. The Philistine moved toward him and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked at David, he disdained him. For he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said, David, am I a dog that you come after me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, come to me and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. The, uh, but David said to the Philistine, You come after me with sword and with spear and javelin, but I come after you in the name of the Lord of hosts. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I'll strike you down, and I'll cut off your head. I'll give your dead body to the host of the Philistines this day, and the birds of the air and the beasts of the field, they'll eat you. And with all and that, all the assembly will know that the Lord saves, not with sword, not with spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. When the Philistine arose and came to draw near to meet David, David ran quickly to the battle line and meet the Philistine. David pulled his hand in his bag, took out a stone, slung it, struck the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone. And he struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. Then David ran, stood over the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of his sheath, and killed him and cut off his head with it. Quite a story. Something of great significance happened the moment that David killed Goliath. Because in that moment, all Israel realized this man's a leader. He was a boy, but already they knew he was a leader. Women sang songs about him then. Uh, the prince made a covenant with him. And King Saul started looking over his shoulder because he was afraid, when am I going to lose the kingdom? Everybody knew there's something special about this shepherd boy. And they were right. See, 
David had within him already all that it took to be a leader. He already knew how to stand up and show courage. But this act of courage revealed to everyone what was in him. The Spirit comes upon a person, and they're courageous. It says in chapter 16, uh, the chapter before uh, this story, that when Samuel anointed David, the Spirit of God rushed upon him. There's a link between the Spirit of God and courage. It's been throughout all of the uh, scriptures. In Judges, you see Othniel, Samson, Gideon, and when the Spirit of God came upon them, they overcame, they overcame their enemies and they became mighty deliverers. In the book of Acts, when God's people were attacked, the Spirit would come upon them and then they would act courageously and they would act boldly. There's always a link between the Spirit of God and courage. So uh, Mike told you I've been taking this class with Martin Sanders, and it started in September. We had this intense weekend uh, developing women to be speakers. And then it ended yesterday, and we had uh, another intense weekend. And uh, we ended the class by uh, Martin praying over us. Spirit of God, come. Stir up the gifts within these women. Send them out. Lord, let people come to Christ because they've learned to speak. Do something in them to change their world. So as the Spirit of God came on me, I came home and I told Mike, I think I need to take a step. Because the Spirit of God and courage are always linked, right? So that's why uh, Mike was actually scheduled to preach. But I was like, I think I need to take a step. I need to take a step the, to that courage. So... Um, the story of David is one of the most famous stories ever told. You see, people in the church always know this story, but people outside of the church know this story because it's the most famous battle story that's ever been told. And it introduces the two characters, first Goliath and then David. Uh, Goliath is known for how big he is. He's nine foot six inches tall. He's got the best armor possible. He's high tech for his day. Bronze helmet, bronze armor. His armor weighs 125 pounds. And uh, he's intimidating. Nine foot six inches tall. You couldn't miss him. And here he is defying God's army. And besides being visually intimidating, he's intimidating through his speech. He tells, you, tells them, you're servants. You come after me. We'll go have a battle and... If I win, you'll be my servants for life. He intimidates them. And not only is his speech intimidating, he does it for 40 days, morning and night. That's the picture that we have of Goliath. Then you get this picture of David. He goes to his dad. He's a shepherd boy. His dad's like, take the groceries, son. Take them and deliver them to your brothers. And so David, you know, runs up to the battlefield gives the groceries to the uh, guard's keeper, and then he runs and goes to see his brothers, and all of a sudden he hears Goliath. I mean, it's, it's amazing. You have this intimidating warrior, nine foot six, and you have this simple shepherd boy who comes to deliver groceries. The, the picture here is a contrast. But what we need to understand this contrast, again, is that verse I told you about, uh, that passage from 1 Samuel 16. And when um, Samuel was anointing David, he said this, 
Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I've rejected him. That's talking about Eliab, David's brother. For the Lord sees not as a man see. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on his heart. It doesn't matter how big you are. It doesn't matter size. God's looking at heart and God's looking at courage. And at that moment, the Spirit of God rushed upon David. And on that moment, courage arose in him. So when we see him breaking into this story, David's already become a courageous man. It's interesting because when David speaks, this is the first time he speaks in the book. And uh, the reason it's so important is Saul hasn't answered Goliath's taunts. The armies of God haven't uh, answered Goliath's taunts. But here's this little shepherd boy comes and he answers the taunts of this giant. And he says, What shall be done for a man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of God? David may not impress anybody with size, but he impressed them with his words. Because he says no one can defy the armies of God. So you have to remember the spirit of God and courage are always linked. Now we're going to talk about Saul. And just as David represented courage, Saul is a picture of a lack of courage. Uh, in chapter 16, just as the spirit rushed upon David, the spirit departed from Saul. So Saul is a negative example of the principle I'm telling you. Because as the spirit departed Saul, courage left him. And so we see he's unable to answer the uh, defiance of Goliath. And Saul says to David, looking at him, they bring him, because David says, I'm ready to fight him. And Saul looks at David and he says, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. You're but a youth. And he's been a man of war from his youth. And though he doesn't believe David can win the battle, he still offers him his armor and says, go fight. He abdicates his responsibility because King Saul lacks courage. Well, Saul lacks courage, but Goliath has a misplaced courage. Goliath has a courage in what great armor he has. Goliath has courage in how big he is. Here's the idea of Goliath's courage. I'm bigger than everyone else. I'm louder than everyone else. And I'm meaner than everyone else. And that was his idea of courage. Um, Mike and I have a good friend, and uh, he used to date Ted Turner's daughter. You all remember Ted Turner? He uh, was the uh, mogul who started CNN. He was married to Jane Fonda. And this is what Ted Turner told our friend. When you come into a room, make sure you're louder than everyone else in that room. Make sure that everyone turns around and looks at you. Make sure that everyone knows where you are. That's the worldly idea of courage. There's a problem, though, with that kind of courage. It limits you. If you have that kind of courage, you have to be bigger than everyone else. You can't go face something that's bigger than you if you have that kind of limited courage. Goliath's courage limited him. He had to be more powerful than anything he faced. Here's the thing. The courage of God, it expands you. It makes room. It accomplishes things that you couldn't even imagine. It's easy, though, for all of us to have misplaced courage, isn't it? It's easy for our courage to be about 
how much is in the bank account. It's easy for our courage to be about what kind of education we have. It's easy for our courage to be about who we know and uh, always miss courage, uh, misplaced courage fails us. When we look at David, though, we have this picture of true courage. This little boy, and I say boy because I'm old now, but he's probably 16, 17. He comes to Saul and he begins to talk of God. No one else in this chapter is talking about God. This young man declares, I can fight because I come in the name of the Lord. He lifts up the name of God. And uh, he can answer Goliath's trash talk with God talk. Remember, Goliath came against him and said, I'm, gonna, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to feed you to the beast and to the birds. And David looked at Goliath and said, I'll cut off your head and I'll feed you to the beast of the field. See, he could answer. He was not intimidated because faith and the spirit of God and courage were there. So uh, real courage can be little and weak. And real courage can base, face something that's big and strong. Uh, remember, he says, don't look at someone's outward appearance. Don't pay attention to their size because God looks at their heart. Uh, a lot of us are having to face some pretty big things. God wants us to know our size, how we feel. It doesn't matter. What we need to do is put our courage in the almighty God. Because he can face any battle. And David put his courage in God. Real courage proclaims confidence in his name. David acknowledged that his deliverance came from the hand of God. And he looked at Saul and he said, You know, I've killed a bear. And I've killed a lion. And I've taken him by the beard and I've pulled him down. And this Philistine will be like one of them. And he says... To Goliath, you come to me with sword and with spear and with javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Real courage, it doesn't fight the enemy's game plan. Real courage fights its own game plan. I love this part because Goliath try to set the terms. This is how the battle's going to be. Man will fight man, will go hand to hand in battle, and everyone was completely intimidated to fight Goliath's game plan. So Goliath comes at David. He's got 125 pounds of armor. He comes slow. He comes strong. But he has to have someone fight him close in hand-to-hand -hand combat. David comes to Goliath quick. He can move anywhere he wants to go. He comes only with a slingshot in his hand. And he can fight the battle from a distance. See, you can't let the enemy determine where's the game plan for your battle. So uh, Goliath looks at David and he looks at him with disdain. He's like, who is this guy coming at me? And then that look quickly changes when he realizes this guy's not fighting my game plan. And here's... What the text says, when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly to battle. He came to meet the Philistine, and David put his hand in his bag, took out the stone, and slung it. Struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead. 
He fell on his face to the ground. David took Goliath's own sword and cut off his head. You can't let the enemy determine what the game plan is. See, David was little. He was slight, but he prevailed. David's a picture of true courage. Uh, two years ago, almost two years ago, it'll be two years in February, we were having a college prayer in Pearl River, and uh, some of you all know college's prayers where we train people uh, in prayer. We had about 100 probably at that event, maybe 150. And um, during the event, uh, our friends Wanda and Ron were speaking, and uh, as it was coming to the last night, I heard in my spirit from God, I'm going to do a miracle. Get ready, there are going to be miracles tomorrow. So I called a friend of mine, and I'm like, wow, I heard good news. Come to this meeting tomorrow, because I hear there's going to be a miracle. So um, as the meeting went on and took place, I was praying over this young woman. And uh, she had driven to College of Prayer from Pennsylvania. Now, there was a snowstorm that weekend, so she had driven through the snowstorm with her baby. And I say baby, he's about two years old at that point. His name was Michael. Michael was deaf. Michael had had severe heart problems and had already had had surgery for his heart. And uh, Michael also had Down syndrome. And so uh, what had happened is he quit growing in the womb, so his eyes were very tiny and his eardrums were very tiny because they quit growing in the womb at a certain time. And so uh, I'm praying for this woman, Sarah, and I'm thinking, oh, she has a special needs child. I'm going to pray for God to give her... Uh, courage and help her with all the things she has to do and I know she's tired so I'm going to pray for this mom that God will encourage her and she looked at me and she said no I want you to pray that my baby will hear and she said uh, I don't want to sing over my baby and he doesn't hear my voice and I don't want to call Michael's name and he can't hear me so I was like oh God you told me there was going to be a miracle but I didn't know to expect this so we bring uh, the baby up front and uh, near the communion table. And I pull a team together, assemble, and there were seven of us praying. And we prayed for Michael, and uh, we prayed, well, Alro was one of them, and Aaron, and then uh, some of the team from the Pearl River campus. We prayed for about 20 minutes. And I was like, well, we prayed what we heard from God. And we sent Sarah and the baby to their hotel. She came to me the next morning, running to me as I came back to college prayer. She's like, Michael heard. She's like, Michael can hear. And uh, you can put the last slide as a picture of, uh, of his hearing test. But um, she came to me. She said, Michael can hear. She's like, I called his name this morning, and he heard me. She said he turned his head. <laughs> And uh, that was on a Saturday. She had a hearing test scheduled for Monday, and this is the hearing test. And uh, I didn't get the picture of the other hearing test, but if you could see it, it was a flat line. Uh, so the doctors know that it's a miracle. See, the reason I'm telling you this story is God did speak to me, but the real picture of courage was Sarah. Because Sarah got that baby and said, I'm going to go to a place 
anywhere I can go to get my baby prayed for. She came through a snowstorm. She acted in courage. And she said, this is what I want for my child. You know, David's a picture of courage. For me, Sarah's a picture of courage. And um, it's, it's amazing to me what God can do if we step out in courage. And um, so as I'm just closing out this uh, message, I told you I'd been taking this class with Martin Sanders. And as Martin teaches us as a group of women, he keeps telling us, you know, you women come to me, and every time you come to me, you say, Martin, I need confidence. And Martin will look back at us, and he always gives us this quizzical look, and he says, do you really need confidence? What you need is courage. And so as I realize what I need is courage. I have to have courage, and I have to have the Spirit of God, and I need that courage in small ways, like making a phone call I don't want to make or, calling, or talking to a friend and having a conversation I don't want to have. Or I need to have confidence and courage in a big way and step out into the things that God has for me. Um, remember I told you that courage and the Spirit go together. So I'm going to have you open up your hands and we're going to ask the Spirit of God to come. Father, we thank you that your spirit in us and courage are always linked together. We thank you that it doesn't depend upon us to stir up or produce courage in ourselves. Lord, that what it takes is receiving just your spirit. Spirit of God, come upon us today. Lord, overwhelm us with your spirit. Capture us, Lord God, with your spirit. Lord, give us visions of what your spirit can do in and through us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us today. Now, if I can get you all to look at me. Men and women of God, it's time to step out and courage. It's time. There are places that God has for you to go. It's time to step out. Thank you. Feeling encouraged this morning? Challenged? I did nine years of youth work in, quite a few years ago. And uh, the common question for young people is always, how do you know the will of God? I want to know the will of God. And I used to, I finally 